Hey, what's going on? Welcome to The Doug Show. My name is Doug Cunnington, and in this episode, we get an update from Christy. We've been doing the case study with her here in 2022, and things changed a little bit. You know, back in the March update, the one that most recently came out, just through uh, some overwhelm. So we're getting an update from Christy on that just to hear how things are going. And of course, the normal traffic and revenue updates, plus all the things that are going on. So before we get to the interview, shout out to Otis, that's O-D-Y-S, sponsor of the show. It's otis.global, and they're the source for premium age domains with strong branding and powerful backlinks. Kind of a fun feature domain for today is we love vodka, like vodka with a W. So we love vodka.com. And it was a domain of, I believe, a Polish brand of vodka. And it was created back in 2010. So it's 12 years old. Domain rating is 13. The domain authority is 31. And I think this would be a pretty fun one if you're into cocktails and alcohol in general. I think you could probably have some what of a recipe website. Additionally, you could have like reviews on other vodkas and stuff like that. So you could do tastings and again, that sounds pretty fun. Tastings and different vodkas that are out there. If you wanted to, you could actually branch out into, um, I guess, like interviewing bartenders and mixologists and other kind of people in the industry that really geek out on it and take it to a completely different area of or a more complex area. I don't know if it's complex, but a different area where you're interacting with people, not just publishing uh, recipes or anything like that. So there's 135 unique referring domains. 112 of those are do follow. Some of the links are pretty crazy. So we have time.com, yahoo.com, culture map. We have Broadway, world, observer.com, and many others. If you join Otis using my affiliate link, you can get $100 in your account. And if you buy something, I might get a commission, which I appreciate. So thanks a lot to Otis for sponsoring these episodes. And let's get the update from Christy. Christy, how are you doing today? Hey, I'm good. How are you? Doing really well and excited to hear a little bit more about how April went. So uh, March was a little rocky, and, and if people didn't catch that episode, you were you were a little bit um, frustrated, I would say, and you're like, oh, what you know, is this working? I'm not really sure. So how yeah. how do you feel now? I do feel a bit better now this month um, after deciding I don't have to hit my own goals. So that was helpful. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, They're really, I I haven't been publishing that much less than I was when I was overwhelmed. I think I just took the pressure off to have to do that. So. Okay. So far so good. And when you, I guess when you decided that you didn't have to hit the goals, was, was it a big mindset shift? Can you talk about that a little bit? Because a lot of the work that we did in the last you know, year and a half, it was very goal oriented, very, mm-hmm. um, you know, there were numbers, there were goals that you could miss. So right. what was it like shifting gears a little bit? Yeah, I think the main difference is I don't 
feel like the guilt of going to bed at 2 a.m. being like, I didn't, I didn't do enough to hit 400 new articles by June, which is arbitrary, <laughs> you know? So yeah, it was just like, well, I do have other jobs. I have family. I have hobbies, you know, I, I just want to get rid of some of the guilt. So I want to make sure that I still enjoy working on my site, which I do. And is part of that just not thinking about it as much thinking like, Oh, what, what can I do? What should I be doing? I have this goal that I, like you said, you arbitrarily set mm-hmm. the the numbers in the time frame for no, no good reason. Right. So yeah. Any other thoughts on that? Yeah. It was also, I think, realizing the other components of it that I couldn't know going in, which was, I don't know how many writers I'll need to get that done, right? I don't know how much time and money it's going to take from a content manager. And then I did know, and I was like, oh, (laughs) like, that's not going to work, you know? Instead of $10,000, it's going to be like $60,000 to get that done. You know, like, that's not what I'm in for, so... It was a little bit just you have more data once you get into the goal process and that had kind of started to stress me out. So yeah, this is a better mindset for me to be in. It's calmer. Yeah, you sound a lot calmer. That's good. Yeah, thanks. (laughs) Let's talk about the earnings and traffic. So where were we at and how did it look compared to, you know, the previous month and maybe last year just relatively? So traffic ticked up a little bit. It was pretty comparable. Uh, March was 102,000. April was 105,000. Uh, last month, March was 5,700. And that was taking into account the 650 that I made from course sales. So that had me a little worried going into this month when we weren't doing a promotion about that. So uh, the good news is that in April, Amazon earnings did tick up by about $500, which is honestly like the biggest jump I've seen this year because it's been pretty lackluster. So I did end up at uh, $5,700 for this month as well. So basically, Amazon kind of made up for not promoting the course this month. All right. And what was the Amazon total um, so it was up 500 from the previous month. Yeah. So March was 2,200 and April was 2,700. Okay. So pretty significant amount. What is that? Like 25% or something pretty close so to it. Year over year. The interesting part is that March was down $800 and um, April closed the gap to being down about $200. Compared to last year. Last year. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Very, yeah, very interesting. And we were talking before we started recording that just in general, Amazon sales may be down, not not just mm-hmm. for your site, but just in general, yep. people might be buying a little bit less. Okay. And then from the, you know, the ad standpoint, are those pretty much running even exactly what you would expect for the traffic numbers? They are. Um, traffic is about, I mean, for March, it was almost exactly the same. Um, it's higher in April, but it's $2,700, give or take, both last year and this year. 
And the other side of the coin is expenses. And I'm looking, and these are pretty high expenses, probably a number that you never would have anticipated that you were spending on this project when we first got started. So can you tell us your expenses for April and then break it down? And and why are they so much? Yeah, this is definitely my highest expense month, I think, ever. So I spent 9,100-ish this month, uh, which brings the total for the year to 20,900, which seems insane because it's actually more than I've made off the site this year. And uh, lifetime expenses, in case anyone's been tracking us that long, are now about 57,000. Um, so part of the reason why this month was higher was I did prepay for some things. So one of those was a $1,300 quarterly payment for all of my email and social media management. And then, um, I also prepaid for the teammate that's putting all of my articles into WordPress, adding the copy formatting the content, adding the images, all that stuff. So that was $2,500 ahead of time. Um, And then I had $3,000 went to my content manager because um, if you read the update later, we're kind of paring down how much she's doing every month. So we're going to be around five hours a week instead of the 20 that she had been doing. So this was kind of wrapping up the higher amount of hours, but that was 3000. And then I had another 2000 that went to all my writers in Upwork for new content. So it was a high expense month. Okay. Yeah. And just a little, again, a little quick math. Um, The 9,000 is roughly 18% of your total lifetime uh, expenses for the site, which is Mm -hmm. pretty amazing. But the thing is, and and I know people are like $9,000, that's crazy. If we go back and talk about the total earnings, you've earned $144,000 from the site. It's consistently earning, um, you know, a full-time income basically for the past, mm-hmm. I would say year and a half. So you're investing in something that has proven to be a pretty good asset. So while it's a lot, and while you did spend a lot in this one month, mm-hmm. it is, you know, maybe, maybe an investment in quotes that that is again air quotes that is overdue some people would have said ah you know you should be investing more on those maybe leaner months where you didn't put as much in i mean some people always put in everything that they're making right like that's a model too is like literally put everything back in i definitely have not been doing that right right over the course of the site um what i do find nice is that compared to my other business that i run where like it costs a set amount to keep that thing alive all the time. (laughs) Um, Like my site, I could spend nothing next month if I wanted to, you know, like that's a valve that you can easily turn on and off a lot more easily than I can with like another more traditional business. Right. And I was going to ask something along those lines, in your other business, how much do you reinvest, especially say like in the first few years? I, I don't even know how old, how old is your other business? Um, seven years going on eight. Okay. Yeah. And in, say like in the first three or four years, how much were you sort of reinvesting? Um, 
quite a bit, I would say initially. I mean, it is like an online business too. So I don't have like, I'm not keeping the lights on mm-hmm. <laughs> anywhere, which is good. I don't have any employees. Everyone's 1099s. Like, um, but yeah, I mean, it probably costs me 40, 50 K just to keep the thing running every year. Okay. Got it. Yeah. And it, you know, we have a, a wide range of audience. So some people mm-hmm. are just trying to do this on the side and just get yep. started. And other people have, you know, four sites that they're running and, you know, it's hard to figure out when to take money off the table and how much, again, you know, some of the people mm-hmm. will tell you some of the, I guess, business advice. I, I don't know what to call them, but people are like, you got to reinvest every, every penny and they're very convincing, yep. but you know, there's, there's a lot of ways to do it and you have to figure out what's right for you. And some people are more comfortable, you know, taking some money off the table and then other people just want to only reinvest because they read about, I don't know, Jeff right. Bezos. Right. Or something. <laughs> Not willing to become Jeff Bezos. So yeah. I'll go okay. there. Hmm? Cool. So a lot of expenses, is this what you expected um, for your expenses in in April? Like leading so, up to it? Yeah. When did you go ahead? Yeah. Good question. Um, one thing I was going to say was I wouldn't embark on a project like this if I hadn't have planned for it. So like the initial 20K that I planned to put into content, I saved last year. Right. So I'm not actually using this year's money to do that in theory. I mean, it's all one pot of money, but Mm -hmm. you know, um, I did save ahead for that last year so that that first 20 K is not something that I'm like, (laughs) ah, you know, it's not a surprise. Yes. I reached it faster than I thought I would, you know, like I had planned on 20 K for the project. Um, my expenses are obviously more than just new content right? Like out of a month of 9,000 new content was actually just 2000. So that 20 K that I banked last year for new content, I'm still using. It's just that all the other expenses that go with it, like I have been getting more help with things. Like I have someone doing email and social. I have someone putting stuff into WordPress. I have a content manager. Like I had none of that really last year. Mm -hmm. So it's just more expensive if you don't want to do it all yourself. And it turns out I don't want to do it all myself anymore. It stresses me out. So, and, you know, a couple other pieces, you know, you're paying your content manager 50 bucks an hour, which is, Mm -hmm. you know, pretty high amount. And we've talked about it before. The gist of it is you want to pay, you know, a a good wage to someone you've worked with a person as a writer for a long time. And you acknowledge and account for the fact that going through Upwork costs money for the freelancer. So you're trying to pay more. Now, is there any reason you don't want to take that off of Upwork and just pay them directly? Uh, They are not allowed to, so they could get kicked out of Upwork if they do that. Yeah. Anybody can, but uh, you know, you could just say like, Hey, (laughs) we could go off Upwork, you get more. And then, yeah. Yeah. Um, For writers specifically, I would say that's just too much to manage. Gotcha. You know, okay. Um, for the content manager, yeah, I guess I could. But I don't know. At the end of the day, I'm like, I know I make more than she does. Mm-hmm. So I just don't want to be the person that's like, 
trying to save a book. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I feel like if you're the person that makes more, like, keep your mouth shut. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I, I mean, I, I 100% respect that because people, you know, some people have different risk tolerance. But um, I potentially would just say, hey, do you want to work off of up? I mean, the, the thing is, don't do it on the Upwork platform, right? Right. And then they, there's no way that they could right. you know, track you down. But you... Um, you could just say, Hey, yeah, you, you, I'll pay you the same rate. I'll just mm-hmm. pay you directly. And now you get a whatever 15% raise or how much, however much yeah. it is. Well, and I am going to, so she's actually coming to town, which is kind of fun um, this summer. So I will have a cool. chance to actually meet her for the first time. And that would probably be a good time to chat through some of that. Yeah. Um, the other thing I don't know is that once I'm past this content sprint, am I going to keep a content manager? You know, am I going to mm-hmm. do more sprints? I don't know. I haven't thought about it past this. Sure. Um, so I don't know. I mean, I'd be hard pressed to enjoy doing all the stuff she's doing again. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You're past that. Okay. <laughs> so, so that, that, you know, and I asked that, I mean, I've never pushed you to, you know, do it and I'm not now, but a lot of people um, did say, Hey, why don't you just work with a, person off of Upwork and then oh, for sure. oh um, and I know you could get people cheaper yeah of course <laughs> right that's yeah. just not my goal okay next we have the $2,500 to a teammate is a prepayment for putting 200 articles into WordPress so this is what I would also think a content manager would do but that is this is a different thing she- yeah, she would have if I had asked her to, uh-huh. um, but she also has a full-time job and she was like, here's the stuff that I would prefer spending okay. the time on, which is fine. <clears throat> so I have another person from my other company that I know and trust and love and wanted to send more work to. So uh, okay. I had her do it. Okay. And it's the reason why I brought it up is it was 200 articles into WordPress for 2,500 bucks, mm-hmm. right? So she basically calculated she can do about, um, she can get about five things in per hour, I think, or something. Okay. Whatever she calculated. And she is also 50 bucks an hour, I think. Okay. I can't remember now. Hmm? Well, I did the quick math and I was like, okay. So that that sounds good. I again it's like Here's yeah, here's the other thing I would say. Like yes, everyone can save more than I'm probably spending on these two people. These are both two people I very much like and want to give work to and two people that like cause me zero trouble in a world where many people are like kind of hard to work with or you're like why did I delegate? Like yeah. I got none of that. Perfect. There's a least time intensive people I've ever managed. So to me, like worth it over paying someone 10 bucks and having them ask me questions. Perfect. Please don't ask me questions. <laughs> I love it. And, and I like the way you're doing it. You're working with people that you want to work with. Mm-hmm. It's people that you've known for a while and thanks for and they're all women. I just want to give the women the money, give them the money. Perfect. You know, it's my vibe now. And, and the reason why we went down that route is like, there were several comments over the past few months where people are, are asking like, you know, why does it cost so much? Like the expenses could be lower. 
Yeah. Well, sure. Yep. And there's, you know, you put yourself in a position where you can make choices, where you're happy with um, who you're working with and what they're yep. getting out of it and all that stuff. All right. And again, like for me, I make more. So I'm not going to whine about it. If I can like throw some work to people that I very much like. Mm-hmm. That's great. It's it's interesting you phrase it like that because I never would have thought of it. So you're like, if I make more than whatever is your... <laughs> if I make more than they do? Yeah. Yeah. That's uh, I don't know. It's like when you go out to gauge. coffee with a friend and I'm like, I know that I make more than she does. I'm going to buy the coffee. Like you don't make it a thing, but you're also not like, I expect someone to buy my coffee. No. Right, right. Like... <laughs> be a human about it, you know, like lift some people up. So yeah, that's where my mind's at. I don't Hire think some women guys paid them fairly. <laughs> there you go. Moral of the story. Love Christy. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was going to say, I don't think the worth, and I, this is not what you're saying, but when you say it, I'm like the, our, our hierarchy shouldn't be based on how much we earn and you're basing, you're like, well, I earn more. So I got to take care of them. But the flip but side, need it. I think people are saying a little bit is like, but you could get someone to do it for cheaper so that you have more. And I'm like, yeah, I already have more. <laughs> okay. So I see. And I, and I think, I think some people are interested in keeping their expenses low because they're not earning as for much. Sure. So and, and we're comparing a lot of different stuff here. But. Well, and like, there's a bunch of stuff that I don't pay for, you know, like it's been how many years and you're like, get a keyword track. And I'm like, yeah, how much is it? <laughs> right. Like there are things that I don't spend on the site that probably are useful. That I could be doing. And I'm like, right. Eh. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So let's shift out of the expenses area. And thanks again for letting us go down that route. Yeah, so. Your overall goal was to publish 400, is that right? 400 articles mm-hmm. by June. So we're, we're actually rolling up to June. Where are we at with the progress? And you mentioned that you, you were going to sort of uh, just relax a little bit, but you ended up publishing about the same, just you're less stressed out. So where are we at with the whole thing? Yeah, magic, huh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So one thing I think maybe I mentioned to you too, was my content manager had been putting in like, a ton of time because we had also been trying to hit this goal. And so I finally said last month, she was like, this is a lot also, you know, with full-time job. So we went from about 20 hours a week down to five now. Right. Part of that was like, maybe we're not going to make as detailed outlines. Maybe, you know, we're just going to slim and trim a little bit. And so article wise, We've gotten a hundred written and ready. I've published 82 as of the end of April. I have another 15 just waiting on me for review and to publish those. So I'd call it a hundred, um, out of, you know, the 400 that I had planned for the end of June. So realistically, I'll probably be more like 200 at the end of June versus 400. Which is still, you know, qu- quite a lot. In, yeah, like four times as much as I've ever published, you know, at once. So Right. And are you still aiming for 400? And if so, when do you think you'll have those published? 
So that's kind of open question a little bit with the topic of like, do I keep a content manager? (laughs) You know, um, I think if I start seeing a boost in earnings and traffic in two months, I would be more inclined to just keep on keeping on. I mean, it's almost easier to just keep the system running, you know, than to like rehire writers, stop and start with a content manager, you know, just like keep going through the list. It's all sitting there. So I think ideally, you know, I have this list of 400 topics to do. I'll probably just keep trucking through them. I don't know. What do you think? (laughs) I think, yes, keep, keep the team together. As you mentioned, yeah. It's easier just to keep it going. And I'm not sure, you know, the the right in quotes number of articles to mm-hmm. publish. And I yeah. think if you could just do one per week, that would mm-hmm. be great. And it would be, you know, pretty minor, definitely like a very small amount of work compared to what the rest of the team has been doing mm-hmm. the whole time. But if you could do, you know, eight or 12 I mean, we've been doing month. like 40 like right. 40 a month is not a stretch with the existing system if we yeah. wanted to it's just whether i want to keep paying you know for that which i could but like that's a reasonable expectation would be like 40 a month mm-hmm. and i think you mentioned if you saw more traffic and earnings in mm-hmm. the next two months which i think hopefully by then some of the new content will have aged some and is getting more traffic and maybe it'll help like boost the whole site as you're internally linking and all all the things that help traffic, you know, show up. So that could be a little bit on the, on the, on the short end. So I'd maybe give it a little more time. I was just thinking, you know, like I had that end of June goal, which is again, arbitrary. So, (laughs) well, and the, the good thing is, even if you only see like a minor uh, uptick or something like mm-hmm. that, you can still, maybe you scale back the team, keep most yep. of it in place or as much as you can. You scale it down to like four articles per month or eight, yep. something minor. And then as you see the the results yep. from the work from six months ago, then you're yep. like, okay, now I feel more confident and then you right. could ramp it back up to maybe whatever, 16 per month, which yeah. is still pretty healthy. I mean, obviously. It's more than I've been doing. <laughs> yeah. Right. You know, and so. one, one thing we, we didn't mention is, um, you know, you talked about keeping the site running doesn't necessarily like cost anything. You could really scale it back and it's a mm-hmm. very like um, cash flow um, yep. or not, not intense at all. That said, those months, maybe a year ago, where you didn't do much, like maybe that's what we're mm-hmm. seeing now because there's such a lagging yeah. uh, impact. And we just don't know until you know, you've neglected it. And now six, 10 months later, you're like, oh, things are slowing down a little bit. Sure. Um, and we don't know what to attribute it to. And there's all these other external factors. Right. We, I can't remember if we mentioned it, while we were recording, but there's some seasonality components too. So it's hard to tell. Last month, I think maybe we chatted about that just a little bit. Okay. So a little seasonality. Okay. So overall. Because we thought that the seasonality got like hidden in the first couple of years. Right. Right. When it was like growing for other reasons. Um, 
And now that like last year I didn't do a ton of adding, then I think we saw a little bit of that, especially on like the highest ranking posts I have really are kind of seasonal. Okay. Very good. So anything to note or any other questions or ideas around publishing the articles, keeping the team together or anything like that? I mean, the only other thing I was thinking was like, I still like, even if I pare down the amount of new content we're doing, like I want to keep my content manager engaged because I really like her since she was a writer that I had before, like she can also go to writing articles, right? Like I can also keep her engaged in other ways. Like she knows that she can pick off the list, anything that she wants, whenever she wants to write about it. So that's really nice about like hiring someone you've already worked with who's written for you. And then even if I want to pare down on new content, um, like we'll probably get to this next, but like the improving existing content piece I did start on this month and I'm funneling some of those FAQ questions to one of the writers on the team that is happy to do more work. So like you do have some different levers you can pull as you go into this kind of thing to like keep the, you know, your best people engaged and making what they want to be making. Perfect transition. You are aiming to improve about a hundred articles, which is about 25% of the existing content when you started. So how many have you done so far? How's it going? You have a a writer working on it, which is perfect. Yep. So this was something that I put on the back burner until I got the new content stuff kind of rolling. So this was the first time I've been able to actually go back to the list of target articles. Um, I went through and did all the research on what FAQs I was going to add for all those. I'm going to start with two FAQs per article. I can always go back and add more, but I'd rather, I think, touch 100 articles than do four FAQs for 25 articles or whatever. Yep. You know? um, so I have now one of the writers working on just that bulk load of 50 FAQs for the first 25 articles, and then I'll give her the next batch, and we'll do that four times. And I'll probably go in and do the other stuff, like tighten up the intro, add some more images, all that stuff. But I just feel a lot better knowing that like something is happening, even when I'm not doing it. So that was part of my, I think, frustration last month was just being like, what? when I'm not doing it, nobody's doing it. <laughs> right. So I feel like I got that, that part fixed a little bit. You talked about finding the people also ask and the actual questions. Mm -hmm. Is that something that you'd be willing to hand off to one of the writers? Um, I certainly could. I think when you and I chatted about it last week, it was like, yeah, that thing's really pretty fast to do though. You know, once I sit down for half an hour, like I can give her 25 articles worth. It's not a huge deal. Um, I almost think it would take her longer to do it because she doesn't know what's already in the, in the pieces, Mm -hmm. you know? So I don't mind doing that. I just needed not to also be writing at all. Yeah. And the one, the one thought, which may not apply exactly, but if you are scaling back the amount of content that you're going to be writing, but you do want to keep the writers engaged so that you can, Mm -hmm have them write more in the future. Mm -hmm. If you decide to scale it up, that could be a good thing. Even if it takes them a little bit longer to do 
and they would have to like skim the article to see if it was already covered and they'd have to read right. it and then go find more questions basically. Yep. So it would definitely take them longer, but to your point, you wouldn't have to be doing like things are and happening without you. Yeah. And then you could be out whatever walking around well, I know. <laughs> anything, <laughs> anything whatever. whatever taking a nap it doesn't matter <laughs> taking a dog walk in six inches of snow um the other nice thing that i could have folks do was like one of the writers already reached out and was like do you need lead magnets written like do you need white papers do you need whatever like she's happy to do all that kind of stuff too which is nice for the future like it's not the priority right now but cool good to know so uh final little thing on the uh, FAQs, I liked that you were going to touch all of the hundred articles yep. before like, you know, thoroughly uh, covering each one. Mm -hmm. So you could like make a second pass. One thing, you know, we looked at the hundred articles. So 25% of the content. And I think, I mean, you could certainly just go through the rest of them also. So like you said, it's pretty fast. You could, you could find the questions really quick, get them over yep. to one of the writers and then just have someone occupied. And it could be a good thing to add variety for the writers. I know sometimes right. just, just a hundred word answer, you know, yeah, day in and day <laughs> yeah. out writing the, you know, 2000 yep. words, it's a little tough and they're like, Oh yeah, this is a little quicker. And it's, you know, for sure. It's still writing same topics, but just yep. a little variety. Yep. I agree. All right. So finally, let's talk about your products. So you have a few of the smaller digital products, um, which are, they're basically eBooks, right? They're short yep. eBooks. And then you have a bigger uh, course and you have a second course you're working on. So what's been going on with your products? So had a couple of uh, digital guide sales, nothing crazy. Three of those um, did make like 65 bucks off of the knowledge directory, which might nice. be a record. <laughs> um, we had been sending out just like a couple emails, I think that maybe mentioned things like in lists of things, uh, regardless, however people got there. Mm -hmm. That was nice to see. And so about 95 bucks from products in general. Um, the thing that we did make some progress on is I got introduced to another writer from a friend and um, like, I was just like, can you just take this <laughs> draft content? Like, can you just, can you just take it and can you make it nice and then just give it to me and I'll be done with it. So she was like fresh eyes. I was like, I don't even know if it makes sense. I don't know if stuff's in the right order. Like I didn't write it. It's been a real process. <laughs> um, don't barter for courses, guys. Note from me to you. It's not great. People who don't write, it's not a great idea. So anyway, I was just like, just take it. Take it, do the things, clean that stuff up, and then I'm um, giving it away to put in Teachable. So this thing should start going into Teachable like next week, which is great. It's just been hanging out. Wait, it was another thing that was just like, when I'm not doing it, no one's doing it. So I found someone to, to work on it. Perfect. And then I'm done. <laughs> oh, and on the teachable front, I think maybe we talked about this last time, but like expenses wise, this is one that has bugged me is like, I was paying, I don't know, like, what was I paying for teachable? I think I it was like 120 bucks. 
Yeah, it was like 115 bucks or something a month. Whatever. Stupid. My course is 99 bucks. So I have to sell at least 12 of them just to cover keeping the darn platform running, which I don't like. So we chatted with support. We're going to be moving to a $30 a month plan. Fine. We lose certificates and affiliate capability. I don't care. Hmm? I don't want all my course sale money going to the platform that it's sitting on. So that for me is going to be a win. Makes me feel better about it. Yeah. Good. Okay. And all I think, the women definitely teachable. <laughs> <laughs> so I think it's great that you got the expenses down 30 bucks a month. You mm-hmm. weren't selling any via, you weren't selling any courses or anything via an affiliate at all anyway. <laughs> so the capability that you were paying for was right. not even being used. So nope. So no loss. I uh, still have the core functionality. Didn't impact anything else. So good, good win there. And I think you know one one thing that you said there. You're like, ah, I don't want all the course uh, money mm-hmm. to go to Teachable, but the the harsh business person in me just wants to say, well, you just need to sell more of them. Like you're just you're, done, I know, you're not I, selling I enough, um, but. But you can't We're do everything, and that was the point. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, in, in selling one per month does seem doable, and I think, like, as you've gone through, mm-hmm. you've done two launches, right? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that's only two two tries, and I think as time goes on, you'll probably get better selling these and launching them and all that stuff. So, it'll just take time, and the the sales cycle is a little bit slow and the feedback loop is long. So you don't get to practice this very much. You have another course coming out, right? So what's the timeline on that? Yep. So that's the one that should be going into teachable next week. So we should be able to promote that in the summer and see how that goes. Um, I think one of the issues that I've run into just like, I think people really want video courses, which is not, that's just not what I'm doing. So the number of people that want to learn with like written content and want to pay for it is less than the number of people that want to watch videos, like sit in bed and watch something. But again, like I don't want to make videos. So that's just... A lever I'm not pulling at the minute. (laughs) So one other question from the audience was, why don't you want to make videos? What's the hang up? Yeah. So I would say it's quite a bit different for my niche than like you sitting in your basement making videos, right? Mine would be very involved. (laughs) I'll just say like, it's technically complicated to make It's not you sitting inside. It's outside with a bunch of stuff and activities and people. And like, it's just not an easy video to make. Um, So I think the logistics of it are just not something I've wanted to get into. Um, If it was, you know, sitting and talking about like, here's how to do this on your computer. Fine. I'll film myself and tell you how to do it on your computer. (laughs) But like, if it involves a bunch of stuff and a bunch of people and good weather and like, that's just sure 
for the amount I'm making off of courses. Granted, maybe I'd sell more of those, but that's just not something I want to bite off at the moment. Good question though. Yeah. Well, and I guess similar, and I'll, I'll give a quick, um, I guess analogous kind of video mm-hmm. and niche. Um, I have a friend, Matt Javanese. He has a homebrewing website for beer. So it's called Brew Cabin and his videos, his are very elaborate. They're very well done. More, mm-hmm. It's more like making a movie than yeah. shooting a YouTube video, but it's heavy with uh, equipment and planning. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot that goes into it. He does have an indoor brewery, so he doesn't have to worry well, about that. Yeah. But a lot of people, they brew outside. So like you said, weather would have yeah. to be good. There's a lot of things that have to go right. And it would just take a, a tremendous amount of work. Yep. So side um, question related to it, there are some YouTube channels and video creators in your niche and they do mm-hmm. pretty well. And we've talked before, like you, you're not really interested in doing video at all either. Right. So it's not just, I mean, I just don't know what wouldn't be involved. Okay. Yeah. Like for my courses and stuff, like they would all be that. It all so, yeah. Yeah. And it's, it is really tough to do video. It's like, you have to learn everything like new, like the technical stuff, mm-hmm. editing, like it's all very, very involved and yeah. it takes a lot of time. So it does take a lot of time. Um, I guess the other thing that I would consider would be adding video in a different way to the existing courses at some point. Like I could see that being a project for 2023. So whether it's like take one of those influencers in my niche and have them do like, I need 10 videos about these topics, make them, I'll pay you. And then I put them in the course, you know, like that's an option. If it's somebody that's already doing a lot of video knows the topic, um, like, that maybe would be something I would do. I don't know if anyone else has done that. Gotcha. Okay. All right. Well, I think that wraps it up. Any other thoughts or any other things that I missed here and didn't ask about? I don't think so. I'm excited to like have a bunch more data than we usually do. Like I haven't done a big sprint in forever. So I think we'll have a good amount of information to kind of dig through and see what's happening with the site. So yeah, so far so good. Like the processes are working smoothly. It's expensive to have other people do work, but right. I'm not doing it. So one thing you mentioned, um, this is the first time you've done a sprint this big and it's Mm -hmm. been a while since you've done one. When did you do other sprints? I mean, you have a pretty good amount of content on your site. So a lot has been published over time, but it was over the course of a few years. So if you could kind of remember high level when you did big sprints. Yeah. The first year I would say I did probably, I think the most I ever published was like 80 pieces. And that took me a while because some of it I was outsourcing, but some of it I was doing myself. So the most I probably ever published in a row was about 80. And then last year I did um, a small sprint, like 
25 or 30 posts that were really specific to holiday traffic. So I did that like right before Q4 to let that stuff kind of go into, yeah, more of the shopping season. So really I've not done, I've not done a big sprint like ever. Okay. And the other content that you published, you just kind of slowly published mm-hmm. over time and it wasn't quote a sprint. So you were just consistently publishing 10 articles a month between me and some other writer horse, you know? Okay. About 10 for the just mm-hmm. maintenance time. Okay. Like cool. 2019. You Got know? It. <laughs> so. All right. And then I keep thinking of one-off questions. All right. This is the last one though. Tell me. So you have this list of, uh, topics for this 400 article sprint. Mm -hmm. Do you know if there are multiple hundreds more that you could just continue publishing to, to the point of like, you know, if you publish 10 articles per month, how long could you do that? Is Mm -hmm. it kind of endless or do you see sort of an end where you're like, I'm not really sure what to cover now? Well, so Good question was how I got this list, probably, <laughs> um, which was like two years ago. I think I had you run some reports for me on competitor sites and who was ranking for what. And then at that time, I'd gone through and picked out a bunch of stuff that I wanted to go after. And I kind of made this composite list from probably three or four different competitor sites who were ranking like top 10 in something. Um, so that's how I got here. So I don't have another list of keywords that I've been keeping. Um, but as far as like my niche goes, like, no, there's no end to it at all. Like I could publish forever. <laughs> okay, great. So and are those don't mostly have it waiting in the list, but you could find them. Yeah. Are they mostly informational keywords? I would say it's both, but largely informational. Okay. Yeah. Yep. And this is, it's interesting because there are a lot of people building sites now and I've used like unlimited informational keywords as a phrase mm-hmm. where like once you kind of understand the format and you understand the niche, usually people are pretty, they're pretty um, knowledgeable in whatever topic area it is. And they're like, oh, I figured it out. I'm never going to run out of keywords. So yeah. <laughs> you ran into that Um Okay, so that's cool. You could literally just keep working on it for several years and you would get bored before you ran out of keywords. Yeah, even though I don't have a list of keywords that I've researched beyond this like 400 or, well, I mean, I probably do have another 100 just sitting around in random files. Um, But right when I started the site and I was discussing with you like what niche to pick, I was just like keeping a list like at night of topics. So they're not keywords, but like I have hundreds yeah. of topics um, that I brainstormed back in like 2018. So if I needed a place to go for ideas, I'd go back there sitting in a tab called whiteboard. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah. That's funny. Just coming up with more and more ideas. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah that's cool. It's a site I can work on for 10 years. Yeah, I'm sure it is. Awesome. It's only been three. So yeah, very good. Well, thanks for the update here, Christy, yeah, and we'll catch up again next month. And, cool. um, hopefully Keep the questions coming. 
if people want to know things about it. Yeah, Doug. yeah. Yeah, to ask in the uh, comments over on YouTube, or you can shoot me an email feedback at doug.show and we'll we'll try to ask. I, I just do it from memory. I, I don't I don't prepare for these at all. So I just show up. I'm like, oh, what what are we talking about today? Yep. Um, and then Christy tells me what we're gonna talk about. So yep. all right. Thanks a lot, and I'll talk to you soon. Cool. Thanks, Doug. Christy also writes blog post updates for the the month as well. So Christy writes blog post updates each month as well. She's been doing this since the beginning of 2021. And it's very cool to track along, especially when you look back a full year ago. I think these updates are pretty cool because you can go back and listen to the very first interview I did with Christy, I think it was January of 2019 or so. And this was back when we still lived in Bozeman and it was a live in-person interview, which was kind of fun. I think that was the only one that we did in person, but tracking along over the course of three years is pretty amazing, especially the frequency that we have been doing the updates and just how far Christy has come in this amount of time and how much her site has grown. She's an expert in this area now. It's pretty amazing. The other part, and I mentioned it, I, th I think maybe last month where the updates aren't as positive, especially when you look back at the March update, Christy was definitely a little frustrated. And I think it's really important to to share that as well, especially in the case study that we're doing. The reality is most of the episodes, and I, I do point this out, I am aware that usually we're bringing you success stories. We're trimming out potentially some of the harder parts, and it sounds very easy. This is especially prevalent on YouTube where people have shorter attention spans and we have clickbait headlines, we have clickbait, thumbnails, and I actually try to do long form interviews. I mean, if you took some of the interviews that I that I do, 50, 60 minutes long, and then condense it down to say 10 minutes, which is a really good length of time for YouTube, it would be just a highlight reel. It would be the equivalent of taking a pick your favorite sport, you know, a basketball game. And it's just all the dunks, all the most amazing plays condensed down. And again, I think it's very good to point out, hey, everything is not rosy and easy all the time. Even when you're doing really well, we as humans sort of readjust and reach a different baseline. And we're like, ah, you know what? Even though I'm making six thousand dollars per month, uh, I'm a little frustrated and it's a little harder than I want it to be right now. And that's just the reality of running a business. And sure, there's great luxuries that we have, of course, and we can choose the things we want to work on. We can set our schedule exactly the way we want to, but it still can be frustrating. And there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, it's just natural for that to happen. Of course, it's great to have perspective and step back and think, 
oh, well, am I complaining or uh, whining about something that is really important? Or maybe I should just step back and realize, hey, this is okay. And we're going to have to work through some of these tough parts, but we're still in a really great position here. So the other thing that I'll say is there's a lot of folks that are asking, hey, how can I work with you in a case study? And currently, I'm not looking for any more people to do case studies with. It turns out it takes a kind of a fuckload of time on my end versus not doing case studies. Above anything else, I'm often lazy. And again, we come back to we have the ability to create our own schedule. And if I'm trying to coordinate, especially across time zones, so Christy and I are in the same time zone, it's pretty easy for us to meet. But a lot of the people that uh, I am working with, sometimes the time zones are tough. And if I, you know, if I have to wake up really early to do like a 6am meeting or something like that, not very convenient. And a lot of, a lot of people that have reached out, which I do appreciate, I just don't have the bandwidth to do case studies and I don't need the content specifically. So the case studies are interesting. I think a lot of people get a ton of value out of it, especially to track along with someone's journey. But currently I'm not looking for any more people for a case study. That said, the only people that I do case studies with are students of my course. So I think I've mentioned it at least on YouTube at one point. Basically, it's a good way to filter out people that are serious and not serious. The worst thing I could do is start working with someone and then they'd fizzle out or I spend a couple hours and they're like, ah, you know what? Either it sounds like a lot of work or I think I got what I needed. And then they've, you know, they just blow me off. It's a huge fucking waste of my time. And I, and I don't want to do that. And I know there people are out there and I don't think it's as much on the, on the uh, podcast, by the way, I think it's mostly YouTube. I, I always make fun of the YouTube people, but sometimes, um, well, you know what? I'm not going to complain. I'm not looking for anyone right now. I typically only work with students because it's a good way to filter out people that aren't serious. And when I am looking for more case study folks, I'll I'll let you know. I'm not sure how to orchestrate it so that there's a little bit of buzz around it and that sort of thing. I think I remember back when Spencer over at Niche Pursuits was doing one of the niche site projects. I want to say it was the second one where he was coaching multiple people or there were multiple coaches and multiple people, but there were a few different podcast uh, sort of tracks and, and different people that you would follow along with. I'm not describing it well, but the point is I think Spencer put something together. So people put in applications and shared it so that there was some I think a bit of a viral component, which is pretty cool. And I haven't quite figured out how to do that. I'm not too active on social media. I don't really like to spend time there. Um, so I'm not sure how I would do it. But anyway, if someone does have an idea on how to do that in the future, feedback at Doug.show. I would love to hear about it. I mean, it could be something, you know, if I run it like a contest, you know, there's the contest. Uh, I think I have the king sumo software and i did like one contest and i i think it was like a year ago or 
maybe a little bit longer. I was like, I'm going to put the time in and I'm going to run a few contests. I know it'll be an iteration and I, I'll have to improve and test and get feedback. And then I did it one time and I was like, oh, it's kind of, I'm not into it. I don't have, I don't have the drive right now to figure out contest. So maybe that's the way to do it. Run it as a contest where there are clear uh, viral sharing components that are built in and the incentive for the contestant lines up with what, what I need as a podcaster. So anyway, man, you start rambling, start talking with a little caffeine and you just keep going. So I'll end it here and I'll catch you on the next episode. I think very soon we're going to have an update from Ariel and I haven't scheduled that yet. Should be coming up very soon and couple other, uh, couple other case studies coming up. So I'll, I'll be recording those and introducing those before too long and have a great day out there. We'll catch you on the next episode.